And away we go. Welcome into the Dish, a fantasy baseball strategy podcast. I'm your host, Dan Strafford. Stepping up to the Dish today is Nando DeFino, managing editor over at The Athletic for fantasy content. I mean, according to your bio, Nando, you got all sorts of accolades over there on The Athletic, FSWA, <laughs> board of directors for a while over at FSGA. Uh, you've uh, worked at The Wall Street Journal, MLB Network, CBS Sports, ESPN, and Associated Press. Uh, your resume is storied. It is long. I uh, appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Anytime, man. Thank you for having me. Of course. And uh, we're going to talk some strategy as we are. We're, we're going to talk mainly around uh, heading into the season. I will ask you at the end about you know guys you're into or, or guys you're staying away from to for the 2022 season. But I always like to start these conversations by level setting and, and knowing where people are coming from. What's your favorite fantasy baseball format and scoring format? Uh, it's well, scoring's five by five roto. I guess I'm a traditionalist, and that's with batting average, not on base percentage. Um, points leagues, I can't like, I can't wrap my head around. I guess I came up so so much in roto that like working in doubles and taking away strikeouts and working in walks is just a. Uh, I mean, I can do it, but it just turns up all these boring players who I don't, who I don't want on my team. So I found out like the the players that I like tend to perform better in roto. Uh, and so I've stuck with Rota five by five. I'm okay if I got to do a four by four league. That's an easy adjustment. But like, Rota five by five is my baby. Are you redraft? Do you like dynasty from that sort of format perspective? Oh, that love it all. That, that, that does not make a difference to me. I love my dynasty teams. Um, I love redrafting new team every year. It's it's uh, for me. I, I could do either. Um, you know, you get a little more. You care about your dynasty teams a little more. So I guess that tugs at my heart a little bit more. But uh, yeah, I'll play any any kind of format like that. Uh, Dan, during the pandemic, like I fell in love with the, the sixty game sprint, um, and like oh, yeah. I would be totally if the, if someone's like, hey, we got games, and Chandler did this for a month, Chandler, Chandler yep, Park, yep. yeah. But yep. I mean, like if someone just came up with like, hey, you can do a sixty day league starting whatever and ending whatever, it's just a sixty day window. Uh, that would be probably all my leagues. But but you look at me in three years, that'd be like I'm I'm just doing exclusively sixty day leagues. It That's makes perfect. tons of sense because it keeps rehashing the draft or the auction, which is what most of us are in it for. Uh, that rush of the four hours of sitting around a, a coffee, a, a conference table or, or online, uh, and you get to do it over and over again and really sprint through. I, I like the idea, and I know Ron's run, uh, Ron Chandler uh, has run the, the monthly leagues a, a few times over. Uh, so something for anyone listening to keep an eye out. There are I, The reason I ask is there's just so many formats. There's so many ways to play fantasy baseball. Uh, so you should always be aware that if you don't like a specific way, don't play it and go find a league yeah. where, <laughs> yeah. where, where where you have it. Well, that's always – Nando, you've been in this industry much longer than me, but it's always funny to watch people argue over what is the better format or argue over scoring because it just comes to don't play it then. Like just don't, <laughs> like, don't, don't do it. Well, you know, so I mean – so I'm in a I'm in a points league with my friends from college that I just you know I, I like hanging out you know back in better times we would all get together we went to school right. in Boston so either in Boston or we drag them down to Hoboken and it was usually you know the winner got to pick the city um, and then Tower Wars like I can't you know I can't quit Tower Wars that's you know it's fun and it's I, I like the guys who run it but it's OBP and I hate it right. and so like you know that Reddit thread where that guy picks who's the worst like fantasy expert in terms of playing I finish at the bottom all the time and I'm like I don't like, I either like to win it or I don't care where I finish. Right. Um, and I just, yeah. I hate OBP, so I'm going to take big swings. Yep. So yeah. it happens, whatever. Absolutely. Uh, I do want to talk to you a little bit more about content first because it is obviously such a large part of American society, fantasy sports, football dominates, but baseball's out there. You are, 
uh, over at The Athletic, and congrats on the New York Times purchase, by the way. I know that oh, hits nice. your pocketbook, pocketbook directly. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, what is it? What, what's your point of view on the best approach to create fantasy baseball content and content for fantasy baseball players? Uh, well, you know, when we when we started, uh, our first, I think our first fantasy baseball year, we started football in 2018, so baseball was the next, 2019. Uh, we put together a group of people who were just, um, like, unique. They had different points of view. Um, they filled it kind of like a niche in a way because you don't want to be the same as everybody out there. And there's some good stuff out there, and that's also why you don't want to be the same as everybody. You know, someone else is already doing it well, and why would we try and replicate it? You know, we're, we're a subscription-based service, so we have to justify you paying for us. Um, right. So we really we ended up building like this amazing group of people who just had like skills. Um, you know, it was really more so in football. We tested it out and it worked. But like right now, we're looking at a group that has like Greg Jewett, who I think is like the guy when it comes to closers and relievers. Um, I think we're bringing on a couple people who I, I don't think they're signed yet, so I don't want to say anything. Sure. It. Like there, there's a guy out there. Uh, well, actually, there's a guy there like a, who I'd love. Like, this guy Mike Curland. I don't know if, if anyone. Yep. Reads. He's like a lineup genius in the preseason. You know what I mean? Like people like that who just like, I don't know, who can fill like a, a need for a fantasy player. And I, I just think of myself as a fantasy player and what I'd want to read and what's missing out there. And that's kind of how we addressed it. Um, you got Al Melchior, who's, you know, just a genius in everything and stats. And he started doing some VMI, uh, you know, the visual memory index and the, um, oh, I can't think of it now. I can't think of the other term, but it's like a, it's this, this brilliant guy out in Colorado came up with this idea air density it was the air density uh oh right yep anyway this guy came up with a system that shows like it's not just in colorado it's like if you go from uh, you know like boston which is technically below sea level to milwaukee the pitches are going to move differently so if you've been playing in milwaukee on a three-game homestand and then boston comes to town the curveballs are going to look like curveballs but if you you know if you're fresh into milwaukee and you're coming from boston the curveball is going to move a little differently. And if you're a pitcher, they're going to move a little differently. I, I don't know. It's just, I urge people to check it out uh, if you can find it with the information that I just brokenly gave up. But <laughs> well, anyway, love... so long story short, stuff like that. Yeah, what I love about the approach there is that there are so many magazines out there giving player profiles, saying draft this guy, don't draft that, that guy. You're trying to give more context and more of the, the background and more of the niche content that builds a better fantasy baseball player, uh, which I think is a, a great approach. And I've, I've loved the content over the athletic when I've nice. had an opportunity to consume it. I do want to quietly plea with you here. Um, is there a way in your abundance of, of uh, oversight there and in the fantasy community that we could retire the term sleeper as <laughs> no applicable. way. That's like the number one search term, man. I'm exactly. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> uh, I know. And listen, uh, Andy uh, uh, over at Yahoo and I uh, went back and forth on Twitter on this, and I get it from your perspective, from his perspective, content creators. I get it, like 100% get that sleeper is what is searched for because everyone's looking for the value. Everyone's looking for being the smartest uh, guy or gal in the room. It just feels like we're at a point because of the data you're just talking about, Nando. Right? That air density is available and all these prospect reports are out there now and all these advanced stats are out there. Sleepers just don't exist in today's fantasy sports. Would you agree with that? Like as a actual construct that there's just so much information out there that sleeper in the way it used to be considered isn't actually applicable anymore? Well, I think, I mean, there's, there is an angle that I look at where it's like, I don't like the, the players that a lot of people like. So to me, they're sleepers. You know what I mean? Like, like last year, Dolis Garcia was one of my sleepers. Um, but I guess you could think, you know, 
maybe he's a breakout. Maybe he's a, like a an unpopular opinion. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know what the I don't know what the phrasing is. You know what I mean? But like it, for some of those players who just aren't, um, they don't have the right Q value, right? Like people right. just don't like them for whatever reason. I think you can still apply it to that. But I, I know what you're saying. Like that, it's just. There are no secrets anymore. Right. Um, but you can I think you can take you can plant your flag in a in a player that nobody else likes and make a good point. And I think that that veers you into sleeper territory. I'll, I'll take bit. that. I'll take that explanation. I would say undervalued would be my retort. But I, I appreciate the definition you gave, and I think I can move forward with a clear conscience that that <laughs> well, is that that is in fact the way to do it. I will also say one of my greatest phrases uh, from my middle child, I was on a work meeting once and uh, we have a phrase in our house, and I'm going to get to the punchline here. I'm on a work meeting. I say, you know, the secret to help working with this woman is, and I hear my four-year-old sitting on the futon behind me, didn't know she was in the room, whisper, there are no secrets, only surprises. <laughs> and I whipped around, and there she is sitting with a book, uh, whispering behind me. But uh, <laughs> nonetheless, we can continue on here. We've already talked to some folks about the NFBC and contest selection. Um, you'll see from time to time on Twitter, in the lobby itself, in their chat window, talking about co-owning teams. I know you are a co-owner and someone who enjoys co-owning. Is that a fun way for you to approach the fantasy baseball season? Yeah, thousand percent, man. Like I like baseball. I'm like baseball's a slog, dude. Like baseball just takes forever, and there's just and it's not like I don't have it in my head. It's I love the draft, and I can do a really good job drafting. When it gets to t- like the season and playing and like you know. I've missed free agent deadlines at least two a year in like Tout Wars because I'm like out yep. having fun with my yep. friends and family. You know, like on a Sunday when you get the Monday off, I'm like, oh crap, I forgot. You know, you just forget. You're living your life. It's summertime. So, like, having that co owner just kind of helps with the safety net, you know, because like Friday, like, who do you want to get? And it's, I don't know, man. It's just, uh, I've created co owners like in my head where I'll like, <laughs> I know it's weird, but like, there's Tuesday Nando who will go and start putting players in on Tuesday for fab. And you know, that'll run. Cause I'll forget to change it. But, but like having like a guy like Chris Vaccaro, um, and we found a great, like we'll do these NFBC fifties and he'll do the first 30 rounds out of the last 20. And the teams do really well because it's just our strengths. Um, and then he'll just set the lineups all year long, all year long enough to worry about it. Cause he's, you know, very obsessively just wants to make sure everything's in the right place. Um, to a guy like Sean Yates, who I co-own a team with, and we just kind of like run the, the auction. It's an auction, which is impossible for co-owners, but we have a good idea of who we like, and, you know, we just, you know, take turns during the season and keep reminding each other of things. So, um, yeah, I've had every experience of co-ownership you could imagine, but I love it. I need it. It's almost like a need for me to keep juggling well, I, 12 teams. You may mention of, of Tout, and I've, I think it's three years now for me. Maybe f- this is the fourth I, Fab gets me every every year, at least once or twice, where I just I see it run, and I'm like, oh, yeah, completely yeah. forgot to submit that earlier today, and all right, this will be a tough week where my catcher's hurt and uh, my top pitcher's out, but oh, great. And you feel like such a jerk, too, right? Yep. Like, I'm like, ah, you know, I know this is, you know, it's for the experts. Exactly, but. exactly. Uh, the analysts. We don't use experts in this territory. Um, it's just struck down every single word here, huh? <laughs> Can we still say fantasy, Dan? I mean, we're working on that. I don't know. No, no. I feel like that's a little... No, I, I just like being a jerk. You know that by now. Rotisserie. Um, rotisserie. Chicken. They're for chicken. Uh, let's continue on here. Are there... So you've already sort of mapped them out, but is there a tried and true strategy for co-managing or is it more... And I'm going to use a word I don't... But finding a partner, finding someone who is either like-minded or fills in the gaps that you... Strengths you don't have. 
and moving forward with them in the best way possible. The, I, well, the Vaccaro way for us is perfect because I mean that's yep. just that's like he's amazing early, and I know all these randoms late, and it just works out well for the team. Um, man, I look at like Glenn and, and Rick, uh, Glenn Colton and, and Rick Wolf, yep. like they're just in, in harmony, and you watch them in a in an auction. Which again is like the hardest way to do a partnership, I think. Like a draft, you can do every other round. You know, there's so you can split it up and and it works. But like in an auction, like in the heat of the moment, one person is hard. Like having to sit there with someone, like you know, debate: should we do this? Should we do that? And you watch them, and they just like they're planned out so well, and they know each other so well. So I would just say like almost like a podcast. You know, when you do like an hour of prep for a half hour show, um, <laughs> if you're gonna do a four hour auction, make sure you've done at least like eight hours of prep with your partner, so you're not like. You, you know, you didn't miss out on Vlad Guerrero Jr. at 23 because you were talking, you right. know, over something else. You, like, you just got to go. You got to know. Well, it's a great uh, – that's – I think anyone listening to a podcast like this or subscribing to The Athletic for Fantasy uh, Insight knows these things. But preparation matters. Don't walk into a draft room with a magazine and think that you're going to take down your league. Like, it, you need to be prepared. You need to be aware. Partnerships, you need to talk beforehand. You need to have those scenarios worked out and, and understand where it might go. Uh, as time goes by throughout. I love auctions. I was I was not an auction person earlier on in, in my fantasy quote-unquote career, uh, but I think they are the ultimate uh, way to play fantasy baseball. Uh, and there's so much damn fun, especially when you have guys like Joe PSP and Paul Sporer and Jake Seeley and like those guys in a room. It's just a lot of fun to BS the entire time and, and bid people up and then have to take on bad players because you were bidding too high. But anyway, yeah. I digress. Um Let's talk a little 2022 here. Don't need to belabor it. We're in January. It's January 27th as we record. So lots of things are going to change. We still don't know whether or not uh, the season will start on time. We've gotten some tweets and stories of progress being made, but hopefully uh, spring training happens on time and we can move forward with the season. Um, Is there any overarching themes you're starting to see emerge, whether through the content that's coming across your desk for posting or in drafts or in Twitter uh, that you think are worth noting here as we discuss? Not, you know, not really. It's, it's more like uh, I'm seeing a lot of warring themes. Like, like some people want to go pitcher heavy. You know, they think they learned a lesson last year, you know, getting an ace early. Um, others want to wait, you know, until like seventh, eighth round to start picking up starting pitchers because they think they learned something last year. Like, it seems like everyone just learned different lessons over the last couple of years, and they're kind of applying that and, and maybe changing the strategy a little bit. Um, I haven't seen a ton, man. Really, like, really, like I, I've read a lot already, and it just seems like what I'm seeing, you know, where there's usually like just galaxy brain. Everyone's kind of there's a split, you know. So I think when you go into your drafts, you got to be ready for people to do some weird stuff that you're not expecting. I think yep. this year more than many others, like ADP is going to be kind of. Um, you know, use it as a guide, not as like the Bible. I think I think you're going to see some surprises and guys you might be sitting on get taken earlier because, you know, there's not like that zero RB commanding all of everyone's yep. attention. It's it's you know people are going to have a bunch of different theories more so this year than than before. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And uh, ADP is a great tool, but it's not projecting to where players are going to be at the end of the year. It's simply saying where people have been drafted. So yeah, uh, I will I will ruin I ruin people's drafts. Every year, because I don't mind jumping for a guy a couple rounds. Yep. Like if I like if I want him and I think he's going to do well, like I you know yep. I can't sit and wait and worry these you know he'll still be there in thirteen picks because he might not be. So when I'm that guy, I'm that guy who jumps and kind of ruins it for other people. Yeah, I'm 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 similar. 
uh, in drafts, especially, uh, I will get aggressive on the ones I want, you know, go get your guys within reason. You know, I'm not drafting somebody in the second round who's a 10th round value, but I, I think you have to, especially in aggressive leagues, your home league, you know, the guys you're, or, or uh, men or women you're playing against fine, right? Like you can, can figure it out, but you're playing in these NFBCs or in some of these analyst expert leagues. Uh, I think you need to be a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more, uh, on top of what you're going to be doing. Any fun names or guys you said, you know, you like to, to do those last 20 rounds of the NFBC 50s. Any names that you have on sort of your short list of, of guys that you are assuming you'll draft a lot of this year? Yeah, I got a few. Uh, Jose Barrero, I like a lot. Um, Jorge Mateo, I like. I think he's going to play a lot for Baltimore. Uh, Bruce Dark Graterall, I've gotten a few times. Matt, Matt, Matt Manning is going well. I think I got Matt Manning in the 33rd round of a uh, of the draft champions, or maybe it was NFBC 50, 12 teamer, 50 rounds. Um, got Matt Manning in the 33rd round, which doesn't make it. I mean, he's supposed to be a stud coming up for Detroit. It seems yep. like if he doesn't have a spot in the rotation early, it's because they want to you know, maybe maybe groom his innings a little bit. But I was surprised he went that late. Um, uh, uh, Justin Steele on the Cubs. Our our writer Patrick Mooney during what, you know when we ask all our beat writers who do you like. Uh, he's like, hey, Justin Steele, like, the Cubs like him, and they want him to do well, and I think they put him through this special system. Um, so I grabbed him in the, hold on, I'm looking up right now, 42nd round. Um, and then, you know, like, I, I'm back on your min Mercedes. I, I just think, okay. like, look, look, if you logically think that DH is going to come to the yep. National League once this is all said and done, that's going to, I mean, I can't imagine the White Sox after what he pulled last year. He's like, hey, I retire. Uh, just kidding. Um, and he had to have been disgruntled. I mean, they sent him down. I know he was slumping, but he was still hitting 270-something. Um, he seems like a guy who's going to get traded. And if he gets traded, and what he did last year, I think you could see him pop up, uh, you know, as a DH somewhere. What, what's your What's your view on, do you think the NL DH is a foregone conclusion? I know you're not a, a Major League Baseball beat writer. You don't have ins with Manford or, or anyone, but do you see that as what we're going to see in 2022? Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming. I mean, I, it's just... It seems like a concession you can make pretty easily. Like, that DH spot is going to open up a lot of jobs. Uh, right. And it's, you know, more money for the players, and it seems like people want it. Like, I think the owners may pretend that they don't want it, but I, it, they do. I mean, it's more firepower. It's more home runs, and that sells tickets. So I do think, like, that'll be a, that'll be a thing that'll happen. And it'll keep games running, I think, shorter. You know, no double switches and, like, blah, blah, blah. It's just good. It's good for the game overall. And I'm a bit of a purist, and I still like the idea of it. I think they should just do it, get it over with. All right. All right, you heard it. You heard it here first, that kid. Um, Nando, where <laughs> yeah. where can folks find more from you and from your team? Uh, just the athletic pop on by. We got deals all the time. It's right on like whatever you find. There's a deal, so you know it's it's a really it's a very good time to get in on the athletic. Um, but there we'll have our draft kit coming out soon. We're gonna trickle some stuff out, even if we haven't heard about any kind of agreement, just so people have things to read. Dynasty stuff's coming out now. Ian Khan's got his top 500 coming, I think next week. Um, so yeah. We're trick. I'd call it trickling out fantasy baseball content right now, and then obviously when they say, "Hey, we got an agreement," it's just gonna kaboom and be all over the place. Find them over on Twitter at Nando Defino. Nando, thanks so much for the time. Hey, Todd, Dan, thanks for having me, man. You bet. And to everyone listening, happy drafting. <laughs>